Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. The American dream is no longer to settle down in the States and have kids. According to CNN, quote, the American dream is to leave America, end quote. What does that bring to mind for you, baby? Wow, that's a huge statement, Mm. right? uh, Is that true? Well, maybe to a certain extent, but um, you know, I was reading about this, and my the thought in my mind was um, there could be a silver lining to this mm-hmm. dark cloud. I mean, it's you know dark for U.S. citizens, but then mm-hmm. I think this will be a great opportunity for more Americans, especially the younger generation, to walk out of the country. You know, to like calm down from the pinnacle of like worldly success and get to know other countries, get to know other cultures. Um, you won't know until you compare. And because while I was living in the U.S., you know, despite the the affluence, um, the amount of information, uh, like material wealth, but I did feel like like Americans, a lot of Americans weren't as interested in what the rest of the world was like, um, you know, compared to other people, like people I know from China, like people I know from China, they're curious about what is it like, you know, especially about the U.S. and European countries, these advanced uh, developed countries and more more about, you know, even the North Pole, the South Pole, they want to travel, they want to learn learn new languages. But I, you know, sense less of that enthusiasm while I was living in the U.S. Because life was great. You know, why do we have to go to other places, other countries, you know, if I'm living a good time right right here? So I think mm-hmm. that that could be a good thing, you know, it could be an incentive to for more people to walk out and they will but, learn more mm-hmm. about other cultures and also about the U.S. itself. So well, yeah, that's I completely my agree with your assessment. I think I was thinking that, too. I was thinking that it would be a really great idea for more Americans to get more information of how the rest of the world is. But I, I mean, I think there mm-hmm. are a couple a lot of different trends going on at the same time to credit create this confluence to where even CNN would say something like that. And there were a few headlines mm-hmm. like that one. I think one of those is, you know, Instagram. I mean, not just Instagram, but the effect of social media, these people who mm-hmm. travel ag- abroad and a lot of young people growing up who are now in their 20s and even their 30s have seen all of these pictures of these people all over the world. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was like, go to the Grand Canyon, go to Alaska, <laughs> go to Hawaii. You, that was exciting. You know, and Elvis- you did go. Well, Elvis was like, let's go to Hawaii. You know, that's what he did. And so people, all the Americans, they wanted to go to New York, go to Los Angeles, go to San Francisco, go to Alaska, right. go to the Grand Canyon, go to Yosemite, go to all. So all these ideas. But now, and it's not what the kids today have grown up on. The younger people today have mm-hmm. grown up on these influencers who go to like China, Thailand, France, Italy, mm-hmm. all over the world. And so the input has changed. And so the young mm-hmm. Americans now, they want 
want something different. They don't want to go see the Grand Canyon anymore. They want to go see the Louvre. Mm, yeah. Well, they better save up <laughs> for that trip. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of other more, much more affordable destinations. But I think that's what's great about uh, social media. You know, I mean, there are, it, it can get complicated, right? But still, uh, with TikTok and other like Instagram and uh, other social media, we get to see the rest of the world so mm. easily, mm-hmm. right? You can just sit on your bed on your sofa and check out what's <laughs> happening uh, from personal videos. That's I think that's the magic. It's not just like um, these big news channels, right, with their journalists uh, going there with certain intentions, but it's just people on the ground, right? They're traveling, they're taking a camera, anything could happen, and they are. Re- recording it you're seeing it life and i think that's amazing um in certain ways i think and you know i was curious about the statement by cnn the american dream is to leave america because that's Mm -hmm. a huge statement Mm -hmm. like do they have enough evidence like numbers (laughs) to back that off it's a a huge thing to say we both have talked about several times before the cpi and the the inflation that is affecting Uh, americans and there have there are a lot of influencers not just traveling abroad now there are influencers american influencers famous american influencers moving to Mexico, moving to China, moving mm. to Japan, moving to Italy, and they're showing that life can be more affordable, that they can make you know a good living, that they can save, that they could travel, they can experience uh, a better way of life and not have to struggle day after day to pay the rent. And you know, America has mm. become too expensive for most Americans, and most Americans have to work more than one job just to survive. And then they go on Instagram. That's unfortunate. Right. Or Facebook. Right. And they see this guy who is basically the same qualifications as them living in like Rome and having the time of his life. And he's got time to go out on Friday night and do whatever he wants or, mm-hmm. or she's in Mexico and she's got an apartment down there and she's saving 90% of her income and she's going to retire mm-hmm. when she's 45 or something. And so a lot of Americans are like, well, why, why should I stay here and suffer when I can have mm. other opportunities? You know, I uh, met my college roommate, one of my college roommates um, around Christmas and she was working in Hong Kong and she took her whole family over here, um, you know, so her kids can visit all these, you know, the the, the palace and everything, um, heavily t- temple. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me how she visited the U.S. recently and she was shocked that a cup of coffee would cost like ten dollars. Wow. And she, she said, I don't I didn't even start um, tipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we remember we talked about yes, tipping, yes. how complicated it has become. Twenty five percent. And also, tip. wow. Right. Plus, um, you know, how much it costs for the coffee. Yeah. So I think, yeah, um, people who used to uh, have, you know, living the high life because they work in finance. But even for them, they're feeling the impact. But, you know, it's um, it, it will be it'll take some time for people to get used to changes because um, maybe some people don't realize that things are always changing, you know, if not uh, for, for the better or the worse, but it's changes normal. And it might not always be a bad thing. If you're not happy living where you are, search out for other opportunities, go on the internet, right? There are so many other countries you could uh, possibly visit. And especially you're young, I have to say, right? If you're in your like early 20s before you 
um, you're not married, you're single. I think that's a great time to just venture out. Yeah. Right. Even if you don't have a whole lot of, a lot of money, there's still a lot of choices, a lot of destinations where you can just we we say chung yo here in China, like travel cheap. Mm. Um, and speaking of traveling, Jason. Yeah. I know that you've been traveling a lot mm -hmm. um, this year, and I I have been home for like what over three years, literally holed <laughs> up in my <laughs> studio. But I did go out for um, the new year. Tell us uh, all we, about it, we, please. I know. I want to tell share some of it because I think you will give the people a sense of uh, the cost of living and how expensive or inexpensive it is to travel in China mm -hmm. um, from my recent personal experience. So, um, you know, I, we were we lived in how many hotels? Like what? Uh, six, seven. I don't remember. Wow. <laughs> Not my my. We were. Yeah, we were out for a few days because we were driving um, uh, because we had to take our dog. <laughs> we, so that's why we couldn't take the the fast train which would have been much easier um because while we were drive driving we like i felt like this is amazing how all the roads are so nicely paved and also with signs clear signs and connecting literally everywhere i remember back in the 90s so uh we were my family we were living back in the u.s and my mom went there first and um when we arrived later she was like look at the highway here you know all the signs big and bright and you can see them from far away and it's like everywhere is connected and it was at that time so much more uh, advanced and uh, it was great but now when i look at the highways here in china it's just amazing mm -hmm. you can see where you're going you know right on the map and it's so, so easy to get to everywhere mm. um gas wasn't cheap though i had to say i mm -hmm. like i didn't think it was cheap for me we went from beijing and uh, we drove down south and uh, we eventually made it to Shanghai. Wow. No, uh, after you drove a couple from stops. Beijing to Shanghai. Wow. <laughs> well, my husband drove. I just sat there. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> search for restaurants and stuff like that. But I think for this one way trip, um, we have a big car. So that's part of the problem. For this one way trip, we uh, f added fuel uh, for three or four times. Mm -hmm. And each time it costs about over 900 RMB. Mm -hmm. So over $100 wow. to fill the tank. Wow. We do have like a, um, it's a big car, and I remember I don't know about cars, it but it's one of the. For you to just take the train. It would, but we have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. You can't imagine, Jason, the whole way because we were we had to get back early. Um, I just got the wrong date for this uh, the school start date. I thought school started on the on the fifth, mm -hmm. but it turned out it started on the second. Oh. Anyhow, so we, my my daughter and I, we did come back, you know, by the speed train mm. and my husband had to drive back with the dog. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so I think gas was pretty expensive, but we drove for a long distance, uh, I, at least over a thousand kilometers. Mm -hmm. And it cost us over one way, it cost us over 3000 RMB for, for gas. And I remember my husband driving. She's like, you know what? I should have paid more for the, um, there's this kind of oil for your engine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the American name. You know, like the particular oil that, that used for the engine itself, not 
the gas. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, oh, I should have just gotten the more expensive one because mm-hmm. I think because I'm using uh, one of less quality, I'm paying more, paying much more in gas because it, it burns faster. Mm. So that's a part of the cost that you should consider if you want to drive by yourself. Uh, but the hotels, they're like much cheaper than uh, back in the States. Mm-hmm. Like we um, we normally would choose somewhere around, let's say, five fifty per night. Um, but wow. because of different locations and also we um, spend New Year's in Yangzhou, like a southern city. So mm-hmm. for that particular night, the hotel we stayed in was like over 500. But it was much nicer. You know, the toilet seat was warm and the shower was like <laughs> nice and big. I felt like I was under a waterfall. I wanted to take like three showers that night. Wow. <laughs> and then things were and there's like a toothbrush for 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 two adults and one child. Like it actually has like in the shape of a giraffe. Wow. And there was you know, packaged tea and coffee. And then one night we had to stay. Um, when I looked for the hotel, I was like, I, I didn't do a careful job. So we landed like in an Airbnb sort mm-hmm. of place. Yeah. And it only cost us like less than $20. But wow. it was really, what's the word? <laughs> I don't want to say it, but we were very, very skeptical. Like the bed sheets looked like it hadn't been changed for a few months. <laughs> so we had to like, <laughs> but maybe they did. I don't know. It just looked like <laughs> really ancient ones. Hmm. Um, so we had to drag out our like uh, sleeping bag. So yeah, I don't recommend like um, 100 RMB uh, motels or Air- Air- Airbnb. I'm I mean, not a it big was fan decent. I agree with you now, Jason. Like the first night, because the pictures, pictures lie. Did you know yeah. that? They yeah. looked really it's nice. It's the cleanest it's ever <laughs> been. They take a picture that never looks like that. Like, and the lighting can. and everything. And when we got there, it turned out the walls were not covered with bookcases. It was just like a paper, like wallpaper. <laughs> with <laughs> Bookcase wallpaper. <edges>. Interesting. <laughs> with like edges peeling off from the wall. Wow. But it was just one night. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm not staying anything less than 300 RMB a night. So that's about <laughs> what, like 50, $50, less than $50. Well, I try to convince um, my wife four star and up. Yeah, I, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And if you can afford it, like go for something that's at least around, if you, it's like, uh, let's say a family of uh, three, like two adults and one child, go for something like 70 or $80. So about 500 and it, you'll have a pretty, happy experience mm-hmm. um so yeah hotels i don't think it's that expensive right if you're coming from the states because uh, i remember um like asking someone who just traveled to the states and he was saying how like uh, hotels are at, le- at least 200 dollars uh per night right dollars and then the ones that they stayed in uh a few years ago for only like one maybe 150 now it's like 170 or even above so um, if you're traveling in China, you know, the hotel fees are, are OK, not too much to worry about. And also eating is not too expensive. You can always find something nice and, and cheap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and usually those local delicacies, right, they can be found in these tiny little greasy spoon restaurants. But mm-hmm. they're, you know, nice and clean, decent uh, and good services, too. Well, that's one of the great so, but, things about traveling in China is every place has its mm-hmm. own local food. And where you right. are local. And when you are eating local food, it's the cheapest version of that food. And also uh, another thing I want to tell our listeners who, you know, maybe one day you'll consider visiting China, at least, just, you know, for, for a sh- trip of uh, like two weeks or so. Um, I feel so safe. 
you know, wherever I went. Mm -hmm. And as I explained in the show before, I didn't even know that I felt safe until uh, a lot of uh, foreigners started telling me how they feel safe in China. And then I realized (laughs) that, oh, it's something that people think about because I never really thought about it. I took it for granted completely. I was looking at the homicide rate of various countries this morning. Homicide rate? Yeah. Jason, are you okay? (laughs) I'm a statistics person every day. I spend at least an hour looking at statistics. And today I was looking at crime, prison and uh, homicide and china has what one a fancy of the, morning yeah china has one of the absolute lowest homicide rates of any country in the entire world so mm. yeah it's alongside it, south it, korea south korea and china almost identical yeah this i think uh, people shouldn't worry about this and another thing i noticed that all the cities that i went to it's either like the people i saw on the street or you know in restaurants and hotels they were either locals living their normal lives right uh or you know running their small business or tourists like i don't i didn't see anybody idle we saw one uh beggar in suzhou on the street one beggar that's like along the whole way and i think he just worked there in a way because it was like a pedestrian street where like all the tourists would go so i think he kind of just like you know had a bowl in front of him and worked there as his normal job so what i mean is there are not a lot of like idle people just uh you know pacing the ground on the street they were all busy doing something either they're visiting or they're running their business and when we go down to suzhou i I remember um we we got there really late and still like the fruit shops were open and it was like close to our hotel, two fruit shops, like right across the street from each other. And they were still open at midnight. I was so curious. I went and asked the, um, there was a convenience store and these are open 24 hours. I was like, why are they still open? It's like midnight. Who would come here to buy, you know, fruit? And they were like, ah, I don't really know, but I think they open until 3 a.m. And wow. it's a good thing because for tourists, because I, I feel safer because um, it's bright. You know, people start working and uh, we had to wait for a little bit. So as I stood there on the street, I saw that there were actually people who would go to these shops at around midnight. And there's still like young people pacing the, we say pacing the street because they were, you know, they're dating. And so they go out late. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it, it's nice and quiet, but still there are people around. And that's something I really like about China. You know, there are people around so you don't feel it's not creepy, you know? And yeah. we lived by this, like this temple, this ancient temple. If there were nobody else around, it would be a little creepy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at, at, at night. <laughs> but it was still um, like a lot of places nice and bright and with shops still open. Hmm. Anyhow, so I think for people who are thinking about traveling to China, um, some basic idea and also high speed train. They're not cheap. I have to say, like coming back from Shanghai, um, an adult uh, first class, not business class. OK, business class, I checked it will cost about 2000 RMB per person. So one way from Shanghai to Beijing. Well, you know, uh, the thing is. Yeah, that's out of the question. I used to mm-hmm. take uh, first class also, mm-hmm. but we've just taken now we just take second class. It's really not so it's that not much. That it's not that different. And we have mm. you have chargers too. In first class, you have a charger next to you, <clears throat> but in right. uh, second class, you have a charger inside of the seat in front of you. So it's really not that different. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing for the first class, maybe it's like two aisle, one aisle in the middle, and then two seats right on each side. Mm-hmm. But maybe for second class, it's three seats. 
I'm, it's I'm not guessing. exactly like that. In, in the in second class, it's uh, three seats on one side, two on the other. So then you have the oh, aisle. Okay. So mm. the, the seats are only so, like five. Uh, the or one 10. seat. Oh, I just want to say that for the first class, we paid like one thousand RMB for for my ticket. So for an adult, and then it was I think six hundred for my daughter because mm. she's like a, a child ticket. Mm-hmm. And if you get second class, then I think I remember the ticket was like five or six hundred RMB. So like you know a little less than about less the price for the first ticket just to give people an idea. Yeah. So it's not like it's not dirt cheap, but it's not completely you know unaffordable. Well, you can and also it's very take fast, the green very chain. convenient. <laughs> you could take the green chain. Well, yeah, if you are not rushing to get home, so your kid can you know go back to school. Well, what's <laughs> yeah, great I think about the green the, chain. Well, what's great about the mm-hmm. green chain that a lot of people ignore is that you can go at night. 10 o'clock, it's, it leaves mm. a lot of cities and you sleep and there are beds for you and you can actually, right. it's a way cheaper and you can have some, in some cases you can have your own room. If you're yeah. you took the green train to, oh, I don't remember Harbin or something like that in the summer. And we arrived there six or 7 AM the next day. So it was, you know, we were on the, it was an eight or nine hour trip instead of a two or three hour trip, but we were asleep. Mm. So it didn't matter. I mean, Summer and I, we had our own room, <laughs> which means we had our own nice. bathroom. So like, you know, we didn't oh. have to leave our room at all until the morning when it was time to go. How, wh- why was the bathroom inside the, your little It was a little enclosure? compartment for us. It was our oh, little, well, that's compart- nice. it was like a little tiny hotel room, but it was super tiny, you know, like tiny, mm. <laughs> but it was ours. Still, that's nice. I have really good memory riding on these green trains as a child because those trains back in the days, the windows could open. So there was fresh air because I had um, mm-hmm. like motion sickness. But on those green trains, um, it kind of rocks a little, but in a nice way, you know, not like when the car is stopping and going, stop and going, which would p- make people really sick. The trains are just there's a rhythm to it. And it's so relaxing, like you can sit by the window and see the fields rush by and the different sceneries. And it's just, um, it's a very relaxing experience. Well, they also People have... bring snacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They also have very posh green trains. Like, so I think, you know, oh. they've changed a lot. So there's a train you can take for 300 US dollars a night. Uh, I'm, Ooh, not, so I'm, not exa- okay. I'm not exaggerating. 300 US dollars a from, night from Beijing uh-huh. uh, to Harbin. And it is posh. Okay. You know, they have like wine and, you know, caviar and, you know, like everything is exquisite. Oh. It's like a five. It's like a traveling mm-hmm. five star hotel. That sounds very nice, but it's too expensive. <laughs> and I don't drink. So and I don't want to <laughs> eat caviar. So I'll maybe I'll ask them if I like get rid of all these amenities, nice things, like how much would you <laughs> how much would it cost? <laughs> Well, but maybe it's part of the deal. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Bridge. I want to get a little closer yeah. back to our uh, topic. So I want to, sure, you know, I think this is great because, you know, I want to at some point encourage people to come to China, but there's some people that the CNN article talks about. This gentleman's name is Quentin and he's TikTok money time Q and he has traveled abroad at 24 years old, like you mentioned. And now he lives in nice. Europe. He lives in Norway. And uh, mm. he's living his best life there. And so he he goes on to TikTok and talks about his experience of living in Norway and how wonderful it is. And there are other influencers mm. in this article that talks about one after another. This is the Queen 
Fatima. She's also famous on TikTok. It's it's the Queen Fatima, and she lives in Paris. So she is living. You know, Paris. That is a romantic idea for a lot nice. of Americans to live there. So she's mm-hmm. living in Paris, and she's creating videos on TikTok about her incredible life in France. And so it just goes on and on and on. All these influencers. There's a young lady named Ananya Danapati, and she is living in Japan. And so. You know, this is something I do too. I'm also on TikTok Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about my life on TikTok and I have 1.4 million followers, Shangwan Jiewan. Wow. Uh, Yeah. And I, I talk Congratulations. about- Thank you so much. I talk about my life here in China. And, you know, I would also encourage people to come out here and based on, you know, some of the things Bebe has said, the affordability, the ability to travel around. People are really friendly here, very low crime. It's a great place. I would, I would say mm-hmm. uh, coming to China for two weeks, I think that's fun and all, but there's no way you're going to see everything, anything really, because there's so much to see. I would encourage people to come live in China for a year. Find a job Mm -hmm. as an ESL teacher or go to university for another degree, like a master's degree or something, come move, move to China, live here for a year and travel around. Maybe you'll be able to get enough China to last. And heck, you might Mm -hmm. like it and stay. I I would really like to see a lot more people do that. Good recommendation. There's a part about the new visa. Mm -hmm. Let me find it in the article. Okay, sure. I read it in the news too. See if I can find it. You mean the five-star card? Something like that. Like you can, from a few countries, you can come in and stay oh, for 15 it's a days. Oh, there's different policy. But there's a bunch of different policies like that. So I just read two days ago that uh, Thailand and China just made mm-hmm. an agreement. And they, and starting in March, Chinese people can go to Thailand with no visa. And Thais, Thai oh. folks can come to China with no visa. So there will be a visa-free policy between these two countries. So anytime you feel mm-hmm. like just Heading off to Thailand to stay at a resort on the beach, you'll be able to, no problems, no visa, just show up at the airport and say, I'm here. Wow. Well, that's amazing. And actually, Thailand um, is has been has been one of the most popular destinations for Chinese travelers. Mm. I mean, it's not too far away and there's a lot of great food. Yeah. And also and Chinese affordable. people are pretty yeah affordable and people are also pretty crazy about massages here in China. Because <laughs> like, I tried one of those massages. It was horrible. Did you come out alive? Yeah, I guess you my, did. My <laughs> wife said, oh, it's great. You should come. So I went with her the next time and the woman was walking on me, literally walking on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wait, you where was this in Beijing or in Thailand? This was in Thailand. In Thailand. We, we went to Thailand okay, for so a vacation the... and Summer loves massages. <laughs> I'm not into them. And she went, she came back all like, "Oh, it was wonderful, Jason. You need to come." So I went with her I the know. next time. And this we paid a woman to walk around on my back while she, sta- like holding a pole above her head, and it was excruciating. Right. <laughs> what? I, uh, I okay, maybe it takes some time to get used to it, but you know, once you get used to the pain, so well, it is a little painful at the beginning, but then it's um, it releases so much of your stress. Like I can't talk about it now because then I want to go right right now. You're right. But it's part yes, of, I was um, whatever whatever was stressing out me out before she walked on me was way less stressful than being walked on. <laughs> totally, <laughs> that's really funny. Maybe you picked a really um, like one of the higher end 
hand services. <laughs> I mean, they're probably like easier ones where they just like knock at your back with a spatula or something like Swiss, <laughs> Swedish massage. That doesn't sound but, great either. You know, this massage thing is sounding more and more suspect. I'm, I'm thinking of like Phoebe from Friends because yeah. in, in one episode, that's what she was doing. And, but that's like not that that's like if you, like a Chinese person or I guess a Thai local um, had a massage like that. They would feel like you are just taking my money for free because <laughs> you're not doing anything. You, you're not like breaking any of my muscles and or tenons and, you know, losing the knots over there. Oh, can but I anyhow, add, can I add something, you know, in terms of visa, there's a yeah. few things I want to talk about. If you are an American, a U.S. citizen, and this only applies to U.S. citizens. When I posted this on uh, Twitter, a lot of people in Canada were like, hey, is this for Canadians, too? No. So if you're from the United States currently, if you're applying for a visa, I guess from now forward, before a month ago, you would have to show your itinerary, have an invitation letter and book your flights and hotels before you applied for the visa to say, this is when I'm going to be here. This is how I'm going to get there. This is where I'm going to stay. That's all gone. You no longer need Mm. to book a flight or to have a hotel reservation or have a letter of invitation to come to China. Now, so when you go to the Chinese embassy in the United States and apply, the process is a lot simpler. And you just say like, this is who I am. This is my ID. And and you pay a small fine and they say yes. So like Hmm. uh, it coming to China on a visa from the United States now is just a couple weeks ago is considerably easier than it was uh, ever before. But I I think they probably look at something, right? Well, like, they, they check your know. identification and stuff like that. Uh, if you're going to move, you probably need a criminal background check. But just to come okay. to travel to China, you don't need any kind of itinerary at all anymore. Mm. It has been removed. China is very <laughs> eager to get more people to come and see what China is really right. like. And the, one of the things that they've done to make it easier for U.S. Americans to come to China is to remove mm. the, the, the pre booked flights, the pre-booked hotels and the itinerary from the visa application process. It is gone. I think that's great because I'm not the only person in the world who like don't make plans. Like when <laughs> before we set off, we didn't know where we were going. And like for this New Year trip, right? We wanted to go to uh, Hangzhou. We were just like, you know what? That seems like a really good idea. We should take our daughter there. And then we went to what, like six cities? Mm-hmm. Like we went everywhere except Hangzhou <laughs> <laughs> and nothing. We didn't really have a plan. So nothing went according to plan, but it was still fun. And we booked hotels like the day, the, the hour we arrived in the city. And we then we go look for a restaurant. But it's all easy because you can just go on to this app. Like there's similar apps everywhere, I believe. Mm-hmm. So in China, in China, it's 大众点评. Yes. Right. It will show you the list of um, restaurants nearby mm-hmm. and hotels and you can book right on there. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there are other ways of uh, it's it's all pretty easy. It's a great um, app. If you know it. Chinese. It's what really yeah. great. You know, mm-hmm. in America, we still use things like Google. But what's really great about Dajong Dianping is that you could be anywhere mm-hmm. and need any kind of service and it just knows your location. You tell it what you're right. looking for. I need to make paper copies right now. And it'll show you all mm-hmm. the closest paper copy places. So what's really <laughs> neat about 
about that app in China is like whatever you need. I need this kind of food, or I need you know shoes or whatever. Mm. It'll show you the very closest place to go to get that, or you know the closest high quality place too. It's right, a, it's a and fantastic. Can hire... we, should, we should get this in America. It's right. a great app, and you can hire people to buy things for you, like anything you need that can be bought, right? And for mm. a really small fee, they'll you know just drop it off at your door. And in these hotels, every time we went on the the elevator. There's like a really polite robot. He's <laughs> like, um, "Please move to the side so I can do my job. <laughs> I'm gonna stand in the middle." And it's like a really cute little thing.、Mm -hmm. But anyhow, I want to add one piece of information.、Mm -hmm. So it's、uh, also a new policy that came out pretty recently that extends visa-free entry, visa-free entry to travelers from the following six countries,、mm -hmm. including France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands. Spain and Malaysia for a stay of fifteen days.、Mm -hmm. So, if you are from these countries and you want to just like pop in in China、mm -hmm. to take a look, two weeks, you know, a nice vacation time,、mm -hmm. you can just come、yeah. right without a lot of、uh, no、visa. fuss about visa. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to、great. this as an American、change. because I、mm -hmm. I usually don't apply for a visa. I usually like、mm -hmm. uh, oh I want to go to Japan, great. And my wife is like applying for a visa. She says, "What are you doing?" I'm say, "I'm gonna go." <laughs> Because I just show up、yeah. and they're like, "Come on in!" And so, like this, China is making it more like that for a lot more countries. I did read some、and、follow I... up on that. Thousands and thousands、mm -hmm. of people have entered China using this new visa-free policy、oh. from those six countries. It's already been reaping the results of that policy, and the tourism industry in China has already kind of kicked off since the implementation、mm. just a few weeks ago. I want to talk about another thing. So I have、sure. a green card. I'm physically holding it in my hand as I'm talking. About it because I was carried around <laughs> with me. It's in my. I keep it with me, but this is actually、mm -hmm. changing, and、uh, a new policy started in December of 2023 for people who have green cards. They're getting rid of the green card, so they have a new、oh. card called the five star card, and the five star card will anyone anyone with the current green card automatically qualifies for the new five star card. Plus, other what's the difference? Going, well, I'm going to get to that, but I want to talk about more and more people. Are going to be able to get the five star card, and it's easier to get than the Chinese green card has been historically. The green cards only existed for about a decade, but they're actually、mm -hmm. getting rid of it in place of the five star card. There's a couple things. Number one, in the past, if you lived in any city in China and you wanted a green card. You had to have a PhD, or you had to、Whoa. invest a lot of money in the economy, or you had to be married、mm. for five years and pay taxes and so forth. Now, in、mm. some cities, it's a little bit different. So, like for example, in Shanghai, if you've lived in Shanghai for five years, you've have full employment, gainful employment, you've proof of paying taxes for five years, not even married to a Chinese citizen, you can then apply for the new five star card, which is better than the green card. So, the green card I have right now. Has less、mm -hmm. letters and numbers on it than the five star card, and it has a different amount than my passport. So right now, the green card turned out to be this terrible mess where you go to the bank or you go to the you know wherever public service institution, and they don't know what to do. 
not because there aren't oh. laws that govern what to do, but because it's not like anything else. And there are only a couple thousand of us who have it. So China, mm -hmm. all these institutions, it's like, okay, this is my very first time ever seeing this card. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I need to find out. And it I creates see. a huge obstacle. So the new five-star card for foreigners who are, you know, migrating to China, we're not expats, we're immigrants. Mm -hmm. We uh, will have the same amount of letters and numbers as a regular Chinese ID. And it will oh, function in okay. the same way on all of the same institutions as a Chinese ID. So it's basically you're switching mm -hmm. from a passport to this new identification in China. So if I go to the mm -hmm. bank, try to open a new mm -hmm. account, it opens like a Chinese person. If I go to the hotel, mm -hmm. I scan in, it you know scans me in like a Chinese person. I go to the train station or a train station, right? Yeah, a domestic flight. Now this does not operate, and I've just applied for it because you have to go and reapply, and so I did, and I'm going to get it in about two months. The new updated mm -hmm. card. I still have the physical green card, but the new card will essentially make my life inside China virtually identical to that of a Chinese person. The only difference is when you're leaving mm -hmm. or arriving from, you're leaving China or arriving in China, you still do need to use your pass port because the new five-star mm. card does not function as an international ID. It only functions I see. in China. In the same way that if you leave, you need to use your Chinese passport. So don't burn your passport yet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it safe still. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, yeah. thank you so much for that useful information. Well, well, I'm um, hoping I that a lot like, of people who are considering, Americans who are considering you know, moving abroad, they consider China because it's becoming an increasingly easier place to visit, to travel to, mm -hmm. to work in, and to stay long term as well. Yeah, but um, I don't know, like if a lot of people want to come in in the, you know, recent, uh, like in the near future, maybe it's going to get, you know, harder to find jobs and everything. So you guys, you know, if you have the time and um, I guess the, the freedom to travel somewhere, to try living somewhere, China would be, I think, one of the top choices. But of course, like uh, many other choices are open. Um, Unemployment's only 5% in China. So, I, you know, I, I would say that it's doing pretty well. It's actually gone down from 5.4% mm -hmm. two years ago. I want to find it. There's another article here that is similar to the mm -hmm. one from CNN and similar title. This is from Axios.com by Seanine Miranda, December 3rd, 2023. And the title of the article is The American Dream for Some is Leaving the U.S. And that's quite similar to the CNN title. So I'm wondering if CNN plagiarized Seanine Miranda. Plagiarized? Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. They're very similar. Mm -hmm. So in this article, it basically says the same thing that, you know, it's becoming very difficult for people to afford the American lifestyle for, you know, more than half of all Americans can no longer afford to pay rent and stuff. And it's becoming extremely challenging. And if you can pay all your bills, you certainly don't have a lot left over to go enjoy life. So uh, Americans right. are are leaving and Americans are dreaming of mm. leaving and Americans are flooding into other countries and uh, looking for other opportunities mm. to live abroad and live more affordably. Mm -hmm. Does it say what are the most popular destinations for, you know, people who want to leave America? You know, both of these articles uh, have a very strong bias towards sharing stories from Europe and Japan. But I personally know a mm. lot of people who have lived elsewhere. Uh, ben Norton, mm -hmm. who does geopoliticaleconomy.com, he moved from mm. America to Nicaragua for about a decade, became a citizen oh. there, and now lives here in oh. China. So there are people mm. who are cutting mm. other paths. Uh, however, these articles tend to 
to sh- highlight and show people in Europe because I think there is an American bias towards European countries, towards looking up to them because they have a historic precedent of being wealthy. Mm, and also probably just a closer connection because I guess people look similar, right? And have similar oh, yeah, cultures. Sure. So it's just easier to too. adapt. Yeah. And also I want to ask though, because uh, you were talking about these um, influencers, like media influencers. Mm-hmm. But I think these are special cases, right? Because they've already kind of made it um, in the uh, so the realm of uh, social media. Like mm-hmm. they can make a living out of it. But for other people, like a student, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, freshly graduated and maybe is not too interested in uh, filming themselves and mm-hmm. broadcasting mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. What else can they do? Well, I mean, you know, I, don't, like, I don't think most of these people are their dream is to become an influencer. And if that is, yeah, that's a very challenging mm. route. I think people underestimate the amount of work that goes into that, actually. And we've talked about mm. that before. But, you know, I think that there are definitely opportunities to do all kinds of things. So uh, ESL teacher is a, one of the big ones that's really easy to do. I have a friend named Sonia. She is an ESL teacher today in San Francisco for mm. uh, immigrants immigrating into the United States. But she also okay. Lived in France for two years as an English, as a second language teacher. And so you can do that in Japan, South Korea, China, lots of countries in Europe, Not obviously not in English-speaking countries. Uh, so like you can't be an ESL teacher successfully in Australia, England, you know, New Zealand, Canada. They don't need you. Guess what? They speak English. But many, many countries mm-hmm. around the world, they are eager for their students to learn English. In fact, most mm-hmm. countries around the world have some sort of English uh, Uh, part of their curriculum, which is mandatory. And so uh, Mm. wealthier parents tend to want English teachers to help supplant Uh, add to the value of their children as education because their kids are already Mm. taking it in high school. Mm. Now I'm going to hire them a tutor or send them to a special institution to improve their English with a native English teacher or even one-on-one. That's still very popular. And a lot of um, Chinese parents choose to do it online too, Mm -hmm. but it's not as great as if you have like a personal tutor who comes in for like an hour or two uh, per week Mm -hmm. and they pay pretty handsomely. Um, So that's, that's a good option. And also we've interviewed some of our guests who literally just kicked on like advertisements online Mm -hmm. and came by that you know like people who would like job hunters yeah some kind of like a job search engine and they can help you um to find opportunities out here i was just thinking as i was uh, getting ready for the show that if one day like you get fired or kicked out of, you know, where you work, you could start like a consulting, like little uh, firm or a company and help people who want to come in to China no. you know, as, as expats. That's not for me. No, too much work. No, yeah. it's just yeah, I mean, yeah, you're it's not get a really or... easy job. I know a lot of people who do it, but that's not something I'm interested in doing. If people want help from me, I mm. already already give it to them for free anyway, which, oh, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Nice My wife's going to get angry. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> people message that's, me that's all a... the time about this and I'm, I could just give them advice, you know, because uh, I want yeah, more people to come here. Yeah. But, you know, that's not interesting and, for me. To do um, and also I was I was um, talking about how, you know, my experience of uh, traveling around China and thinking from the perspective of a foreigner. I think there are a lot of other great reasons um, for people to come and visit. You know, as I was um, uh, going down south from Beijing, like when we got to Yangzhou, Suzhou, and then uh, eventually to Shanghai, one thing you would notice was the side by side, like how the modern uh, mixes with the ancient and so close together. 
Like, like for example, in Shanghai, besides not too far from these like huge towering skyscrapers,、mm-hmm. you find these. Like old alleys,、mm-hmm. like every all of a sudden, all the buildings are so much like shorter、mm-hmm. <clears throat> and much more aged、mm-hmm. and a bit more crowded. But it's much more fun also because there's so much unexpected elements around. You know, because around these、um, like financial districts and towering skyscrapers, you kind of know <clears throat> you kind of know what to expect, right?、Mm-hmm. Everything's nice and shiny and clean and convenient.、Mm-hmm. But when you walk into these, like、uh, in Beijing, it's called hutongs,、mm-hmm. but in Shanghai, it's called like nong. Well, just like tiny ancient alleys and streets, it's like you are literally exploring, and also. It feels like you are going back in time, and you will find surprising little shops, like small restaurants, that can offer you delicious, like wonderfully dish- delicious dishes.、Mm-hmm. <clears throat> These might be where the locals go, like for their meals or to buy whatever they need. But it's just an experience that you won't find in a lot of places. You know, you can you can go、uh, to the like fiftieth floor in one fancy new building, and the next hour you will be some in some like a hundred year old alley and、uh, get a feel of how the locals actually live. You'll have like clothes hung in the in the open on these like.、Um, Wires and lines outside to dry.、Mm-hmm. It's just a different feel, you know. Literally, like we were trying to take one picture, and it was like right behind us was like someone's underwear, <laughs> you know, drying <laughs> in the sun, <laughs> things like that. It's just it's just fun, you know, when you're traveling. Yeah. So that's something you can get here in China in a lot of cities. Um, it's, it's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, China has a lot of history, and so you know, it's really interesting for me as someone who travels around China a lot, is that I. Every city I go to, I meet a lo- local people, local tour guides, local you know, local people that are just hanging out with, and they all say, "Oh, this is the most historic city in China," and they tell me you know what period <laughs> of history that made it famous, and this is the center of China's culture and history. Every place I go, Zhengzhou,、mm. Wuhan, Shanghai, Beijing, everywhere I go, everyone thinks that that is the quintessential historical Chinese city, and the the thing about it is, China has such a long Long history that every city, all these different cities have had very special, unique moments where, for, for centuries potentially, they were like the center of some part of Chinese culture and civilization, some kingdom or some empire. Right, right. And so each of them、right. hangs on with great pride to the history of their <laughs> city and how you know critical it was to China's history at some point from one period to、mm. another. And like they're very, very you know、uh, eager to share that information. With other people, and that's amazing because everywhere you travel、mm. has has these、mm. incredibly well preserved historical monuments, historical like scientific、mm. uh, grounds, and and like temples and you know ancient. Uh, imperial headquarters of of one of the kingdoms or another, and so yeah, everywhere you go, you do get to see you know modern mixed with ancient because there's a you know China has、right. a lot of ancient history. You know what you said sounds like conflicting, but they are all true. 
<laughs> you know what they're saying are all true. They were hanging on. They are hanging on to <clears throat> precious pieces of history in China that make up, you know, the long history we have of the civilization. And that reminds me of some another tip that I want to share with our listeners <laughs> is I think it's really worthwhile to hire tour guides. Um, when you come into these, uh, like like touristy destinations, for example, when when my college roommate and I, when we went to uh, Tiantan, that's the heavenly temple, right? That's where like emperors would go. The temple of heaven. That's like basically every tourist coming into Beijing would go there. So as as a you know someone living in Beijing, I just never thought of hiring a tour guide to show us this place because you just yeah you feel like it's a waste of money. Even though I didn't know anything about it, but my college roommate thought it was a really good idea because her kid, you know, it's just once a year she comes over. So we have, you know, my daughter and then her two daughters. So we thought it's a good idea, right, to hire someone. Um, so we paid two hundred for this one guy, and he walked us around um, for I think over an hour, maybe two hours, explaining like everything. And mostly it was, you know, for the three kids. And he was very friendly with kids. He probably um, has, you know, guests like that all the time, explaining the history of the temple and why is this thing built like that. You know how the uh, how old these trees are and what the labels mean and everything. I felt like it was so worthwhile. Like without the tour guide, it would just be like walking for us because we couldn't. We didn't have anything to offer to our kids because we didn't really know them. We were just like viewing things. But for them, it turned out to be <clears throat> like a historical lesson. Now they know how many like what each of the pillars was symbolized right mm -hmm. inside the temple, things like that. Mm -hmm. And also when we uh, with that experience, when I arrived in Chufu of Shandong, so that's the hometown of Confucius. Mm -hmm. And there is this whole Confucius temple, mm -hmm. right, as um, a very popular tourist. Oh, you know, it's interesting. He's and actually I... not from there. That's where his temple is. Oh. But Mengzi is from there. But okay. He actually migrated. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. But anyhow, so, you know, the temple is, is there. Yeah. And uh, we bought the, the tickets. Plum tree. It was 80, 80 per person. So not too expensive, a little over $10 mm -hmm. per adult. And I think my daughter got in for free. Mm -hmm. And there were. <clears throat> and there were like middle aged ladies. Um, they were very passionate about like um, getting hired. I think they were either selling us something or they wanted to be tour guides. So be careful of those because I think these are like these ladies are not official ones. Hmm. And eventually we found someone who was a little calmer. She did walk up to us and introduce herself, but she wasn't like desperate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she didn't have that air of like, I need to get some business today. Mm -hmm. And so she introduced herself. She turned out to be someone who was working like kind of in the same system as the temple. And she only charged for 81 for the service. Mm -hmm. So the service of uh, a, like a private tour guide to walk you all over uh, the Confucius temple. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good price, like what, $12 well, right, know, per family? I, or I don't want to rain on your parade because I think it's, I, th I agree with you, but I also feel like in most Chinese, uh, like Tiantan, for example, and most of the museums mm -hmm. that I've been to, there's also an audio device 
that is in English yeah. and in Chinese, and you can just put it over your ear. It doesn't go in your ear anywhere weird like that. It goes over your ear, right. and you walk around. It tells you when to go to the next place, and it also tells you the history of that place. But it costs like yeah, way less twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We hire we we um, rented one for our daughter when we went to Tianjin. There's a really nice marine museum, mm-hmm. and uh, but we were like we adults weren't really curious about anything anymore, <laughs> even though we. Didn't know anything about them, but we all feel like no, our daughter should learn about these. Yeah, you so learn. we rented We're one just of those. Look at stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll just make sure you don't fall off these buildings and yeah. stuff like that. So she, she was very interested. So we paid um, for the device and the headphone. You had to buy the headphone, which was like a dollar and fifty. The whole thing cost us thirty RMB, so about what four dollars. Mm-hmm. And she she was so happy. She was because she wanted to be independent too. You know, she's mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. So she walked around with this thing. She just punch in the numbers, and it will tell you all about this piece of uh, whatever That's was cool. on exhibit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I want to share. So our listeners, if you uh, visit these destinations, you know, either you get one of these um, uh, devices or you can hire someone. Um, And there are, I ask at the Confucius temple, um, they do have services like guide, tour guide services in English and also in Korean so far. So yeah, maybe they they will cost a little bit more uh, than the Chinese ones, but it's just so much more, it's just so much more fulfilling because you get to know what this like old piece of wood actually is, right? Mm -hmm. Or that Mm -hmm. huge piece of rock with carvings on it. It turned out to be like an an important um, imperial, whatever. What do you call those? Like... um, Relic? Like, yeah, but, you know, it, it has like, um, it records whatever the emperor said and they wanted to, anyhow, I don't remember the name for that, but a huge piece of like historical relics. And well, everything you know what, in China uh, is historic. Uh, well, in, in a I way, found, um, in these places, yes. So I really wanted to confirm that this was something that... Um, is true that a lot of Americans are considering leaving. So I found yet another article. It's also by Axios, and it is from November 25th, 2023, just about a week before the other one. And it says, and this is the title of this article is Americans think the American dream is dying. So I actually prefer Uh the American dream is to leave over the American dream is dying. I think it's less brutal. This is Mm. by Dave Lawler, and it does have, like you asked earlier, some statistics in it. So it says, driving the news the Mm -hmm. wall street journal asked respondents whether they believe the american dream and that if you work hard you you will get ahead still holds true and just 36 percent said it holds true 18 percent of who said it never held true and 45 percent one said Mm -hmm. it once held true so you know the headline should be 36 percent of americans believe their the american dream is dead so Oh, no, it's alive. Mm. Only, only, only 36%. So two thirds of people then roughly in America think if you work hard, you will not get ahead. That's sad. Mm. And so I think that's why Mm. Americans are moving abroad. And I think it's fantastic. Not that American dream is dying, but that moving abroad, like for this reason that you pointed out at the beginning of the show, more Americans should Mm -hmm. be getting out and seeing the world. America has a lot of political and, you know, uh, diplomatic and, and military power. And yet a lot lot of Americans don't know anything about the world. So if we can see, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of Americans living abroad and experiencing other cultures, that's 
good because they can go home mm. and like tell the world, mm. tell the America what the world is actually really like. Because I think that there's a lot, a big disconnect just based on my knowledge of when in 2010, I was an uh, overeducated, arrogant American who didn't know anything about China, <laughs> but thought he did. And I came here and it was mm. nothing like what mm. I was expecting. I, and I've everything mm. I've learned about China challenged everything that I thought before I came here. I think more Americans need to have, yeah, and it's wonderful. And I think more Americans yeah. need that experience of coming to places like China and then seeing, whoa, this is not what I expected. And I thought I was really educated. You know, I have a master's degree in history, modern world history. I come to China and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, this is not what I thought it was. So I think more Americans <laughs> need to have that. This is not what I thought it was experience of living abroad. Right. And also, I think in the future, if it's possible, uh, if we can find uh, suitable guests, we can talk about what kind of jobs that um, you know, expats can have in China. Sure, that sounds great. Besides just teaching English, right? Because I think um, maybe not all of uh, you know, maybe not all the people are interested in teaching mm -hmm. languages, especially working with kids. Like people, it takes a certain kind of personality to be able to work well with kids. Mm -hmm. um, so what other things are available? I mean, traveling for two weeks is okay. Like if you have a little bit of saving, but if you want to stay for a year or so and you want to live in a city like Shanghai or mm -hmm. Beijing, mm -hmm. it can get a little bit costly. It won't be as costly as like living in major cities in the US, but it's not going to be like negligible, well, like the cost of I want to make you sad right. a little bit here. What's really you great. You want to make me sad? Yeah. Go ahead. What's really great for us <laughs> foreigners who get called Lawai here sometimes or Waiguaren, which mm -hmm. is just translates to foreigner, is that we, in addition to our salary, and I'm hoping a lot of listeners in the West are listening very carefully when I say this, in addition to our salary, which is nice, and the travel money, which we are given to travel back and forth and flight tickets and med free medical and all that stuff that we get for coming over here, we also almost most always get housing stipend to pay for our apartment. If you live in Shanghai versus if you live in Wuhan, for example, your housing stipend in Shanghai will be much more than it would be in Wuhan. So mm. it essentially pays mm. your rent. Nice. So that's much nicer. See, these are the kind of details because I, I imagine if, you know, I were someone who's never really been abroad and, you know, I graduated from college and I'm going to a place where I don't even speak the local language. It seems a little scary. Yeah, right? sure. And yeah. if I after I spent my one thousand dollars in savings, you know, what will I do? Yeah. And uh, so in the future, maybe if it's possible, we can do a show about that. Absolutely. How yeah. you I think that's can kickstart your new life. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That is okay. all the time we have. Thank you so much for your stories of traveling south in the car. I hope that next time we can get, <laughs> get the scheduling right. So anyhow, thank you, Jason. Thank and you. thank you, our listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.